Eat Sleep Rock Nashville presents What Was and What Will Always Be, a tribute to Led Zeppelin, live and in concert, August 14th at the Basement East in East Nashville, benefiting Music Health Alliance, hosted by Garden of Eden and School of Rock Nashville, and featuring guest performances by Grace Bowers, Alexis Saskey of Tennessee Muscle Candy, Down Boy, Jax Hollow, and many, many more. Get your tickets now at thebasementnashville.com. sisters he's here <laughs> taylor berryman of the populace yes in the flesh dude thanks for coming over to check out the new the new digs man i'm very happy to be here it's very beautiful i like i like what you've done with the place man you've really cleaned it up hey you know danny danny's a big part of that i think the last time you came over it was just like we had the coffee table and set the shit up and then made calls right yeah, no, but it was it was it was nice. Yeah, we were kind of like it was a true basement podcast. We were getting nasty on them road sodas. I yeah, mean, yeah, we were we were drinking road sodas. So yeah, last time I showed up with a belly full of uh, Chinese food from the uh, China Cottage in Madison. I've never been to China Cottage. Oh, that's the that's the only one. That, don't go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. There's no good Chinese food in Nashville, dude. Yeah, there's. I've heard of another place like down on Charlotte, but China Cottage is actually awesome. That's, okay. That's the closest one for me. There's yeah. um new Dragon Phoenix over on Do- Donaldson Pike. Um, Any good? It yeah, it's actually not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. It's the best you can it, it's, get. It's it's ba- it's good for Nashville Chinese food. Yeah. There's just not good Chinese food here. I don't think there's a very large Chinese population in Nashville. Yeah, well, you know, to be yeah, to be continued there, man. Um, not 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 a lot of restaurants. That's for sure. I went to Ethiopian place today though. That was. A very new experience. Where was it at? Is so, it was like a Murfreesboro Road. I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So there's like this plaza. There's right? like some super markets, like uh, Super Macardos Mac- Mac- or whatever they're called. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I went there with my buddy Jay, and we, we we rolled in, and as we entered the parking lot, they have one of those um, like little. I don't even know what they are. They have, like, the police lights on them and, like, the cameras. Yeah. This one had a bullhorn on it, and it's blasting classical music. And so we're driving around the parking lot, and it's like they got some concerto, like some, you know, a little beef oven playing in the most lo-fi quality at the highest volume. And everybody is just kind of sitting around on the grass. There's, like, you know, a couple different um, – and nobody's speaking English in this particular plaza. And so we drive around the parking lot. It's like, oh, wow, there's this little little market. And um, they had a big sign on things like Camel Milk. We have Camel Milk. And so, okay, we got to go to that. So we, we went to the Ethiopian place first and just engorged ourselves. Like, started the day with a beer and coffee and whatever Ethiopian food is. It was a dream. It was amazing. Did but you have any camel milk? Well, we, we went back and got the camel milk. We went over there to the place and bought it off this dude from, um, uh, uh, I don't remember. I forget, I forget where he was from. But, uh, we, yeah, we got the camel milk. It was frozen. They had it, like, in a freezer in the back. I was going to ask, yeah. how, how do they have camel milk? Yeah, completely frozen, but it actually came from camels in Minnesota. 
So, oh shit! Yeah, it was not like you know. <laughs> it didn't, didn't come from the desert. Yeah, it didn't didn't cross <laughs> any oceans. Yeah, just the Mississippi. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got the camel milk, and then I ran over to band practice um, with uh, uh, John Condit, and uh, we did that whole thing, and I got to show off the camel milk, and and then came here. Hell yeah! Yeah. So is this Telecaster your main guitar now? Yeah, yeah, it's as much as, as weird as that is to say, yeah, this Telecaster is in fact been my main guitar for the last couple months. Um, what do you think? Well, first impression. I thought it plays w- really well. Uh, the neck is nice. Nice. Um, just uh, sonically, you know, not plugged in, it sounded good, of okay. course. Yeah. Are you, what size strings do you use? Are you using nines or tens? No, um, these are uh, a pretty different mixture i'm still trying to figure out the right gauge of strings because usually i play with 13s on the um uh oh boy yeah um but these are like 12s so uh but right now i have a i think a a 13 on the e string and then like a 17 on the b string 18 on the g and then whatever comes in like the uh gargantuan slinky um for the bass strings yeah it's like a 60 or 62 or something yeah um but I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm, I'm doing a lot more like funky bits and I've really come to like having some snappy strings, especially the high ones. I'm th- this guitar, is, I don't want to bend so much anymore. I can still bend like a motherfucker, but it's, I, I, I really am getting a lot out of just playing rhythm guitar with this new music that we're doing. So it's the Telecaster has been like a year long journey trying to try, trying to figure out what I want sonically from it, how to get there and finding the right telecaster that was that was really hard how did this come into your life well i searched for a very long time i was actually i was i was a hundred bucks away from like buying a uh like their very base model telecaster just down at like nashville used um were you gonna do an american or a mexi not a mexican yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah i'm not i'm not partial to either i i just i just wanted a guitar that felt good and i, I found a pretty pretty sweet feeling uh Mexican uh, Kelly, and I just didn't have enough money in my pocket that day. I guess I would have walked out with it. But about a week later, um, Gabrielle and I we went down to the uh, guitar show in Franklin, mm-hmm. um, and everybody was there. You know, they had their guitar, they were selling parts, and I was at the point in like my my, my Telly dream that I was like, okay, well I I'm gonna I'm just gonna buy a neck. I'll I'll build the body. I had a piece of maple I was I was sitting on. I was like, man, I could I could turn this into a, a beautiful Telecaster. Um, but I just didn't see any necks that caught my interest, and everything was like a little bit overpriced and out of my way. Um, and I was about to leave. Gabrielle, sh- you know, sh- she pointed to this this guitar right here. She said, "What about that one? How come you don't play it?" I was like, "Well, you know, it doesn't have a maple neck, you know, because I really wanted to try something that different." And She's like, go talk to her. Go talk. Go say hi. I was like, oh, well, you know, I was a little bashful, you know. So I was like, oh, hey, nice to nice to meet you. You know, and asked her her name, and you know, we got to talking, and then we got to playing a little bit. And it, you know, the the dude that was selling the guitar just plugged me in a like little Roland cube amp. So there's, I was just getting only character from the guitar. There's sure, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, n- nothing in the way, and uh, it was just, yeah, it just sounded it sounded really really good, like those first couple of chords and notes and the feel of everything because um, I'm not a vintage guitar guy and I've, I've talked a lot of shit on the uh, the collecting of vintage guitars and 
it, but this is really the first vintage guitar that I've owned. Um, and I, I noticed an immediate difference just just holding that guitar. I've played a lot of vintage guitars in the past, but this is like, ooh, this, this feels good. feels really good. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the guy a little bit, and it was the last day of the guitar show, and um, he knocked off a insane amount of money before when we settled on a deal. It was like, man, you give me um, 1500 cash. Um, let's let, let's do it. And I, he knocked about half off. Damn. Yeah. So ran to the bank. It was Sunday, and it was like trying to find a bank that was open. Just figured out a way to get the cash. You know. Yeah. Walked back in there and walked out with the Telecaster, and you know, at that point, I'd, I had a couple modifications I wanted to do with her, and um, it all came from you know Paul, right? Paul. I can't think of his last name right now. He was he goes to all the Violet Moon shows and. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Paul, yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, seen his Telecaster? I have, yeah, because Kiera was using it for a while. Yeah, I got to give all the credit to Paul because um, I I was I saw you guys play about a year ago in the garage, in her house. Were you playing with them at that point? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was at the at their uh, release show, right? It was after Tomato Fest. It was like the night. Because I remember getting done with, like, playing Tomato Fest last year, and um, we rolled over there and went to the party. But Kiera was playing Paul's telly, and it's uh, 1967. That That's a natural one, too, right? Yeah, it's a natural one, too. I just, yeah, maple neck, the whole deal. But it had that secret humbucker right there. I couldn't take my eyes off that guitar the entire night. And then when, you know, Kiera set it down, finally the show's over, and I grabbed that guitar, and I'm crouched behind the amp, you know, playing it. I'm like, what is this thing? never seen that does that one have a bigsby on it no oh okay just regular paul's um story how he got that guitar was beautiful um he bought it in 1975 and it was uh was cream paid a hundred guy like a hundred bucks for it because he needed some blow and (laughs) so he got the guitar sanded it down because you know paul's an amazing carpenter you know and and, and guitar player and and then he's had that guitar ever since but he, he after kiera was done borrowing that guitar paul was gracious enough to let me borrow that guitar and that's when i did a lot of homework on what was really going on with the pickup configuration there so um the first thing i did when i got i got her was put that humbucker right there in the oh middle. shit so you put that in there yeah yeah all those pickups uh, it's a strat pickup in the neck like a vintage noiseless um the seymour duncan antiquity was already in the bridge Th- this guitar did not have original pickups um uh, and then i i got that gibson t-top that I think a dude told me it came out like old 335, like some late 70s 335. And I put that in there and um, just with a couple push-pull knobs, and I can get all the combinations from it. Um, but I, I took it down to Glazer and had him, had him do all the work for me because, you know, I, I, I didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's thus far it's worked out very well. It's very, she's very mean-ass, very mean-ass woman, you know? You know, funky as shit. Of course, of, co- of course it is. You wouldn't have it any other way. Well, I, no, I don't know, man. Like I never thought. Like a year ago, I was Marshalls and SGs forever, and then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's like now, now I'm playing a Princeton or a Telly. Oh shit! You change your amp too? Uh, yeah, yeah. This uh, that was that was another that was another mission of mine. Um, everything's custom right now in my world. Um, uh, I'm trying to emulate that. Uh, you know, g- guys like uh, Leonardo da Vinci. It's like they had, they had to make their own paintbrushes because they couldn't get the they couldn't get a good enough one from the store. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm 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 following that path of insanity. Um, but 
yeah, I, I, I had an idea for, um, like, you know, I'm trying to get a cleaner, funkier sound. So I, I really like a Princeton, but they, they're not quite loud enough. And they come with a 10-inch or a 12-inch speaker. So I found a guy out in Indiana, this dude Ferguson. And this is a shameless plug because I think everybody should buy an amplifier from this guy. He's super sweet. Um, he built me a 22-watt uh, a Princeton. And we kind of came up with the design together. And uh, I ran up there to Indiana a couple weeks ago and picked it up. And it sounds fucking tremendous. And I'm, I'm building a cabinet right now. Um, so it would be a 115. And it'd be just big, big of ass. Co- of course, it's a one fifteen. Yeah, big ass combo amp, man. Fifteens just sound fucking tremendous. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, there's, a, when I was first uh, going to get my new amp, Ronnie Bates, he told me, I asked him, hey, should I get, the the two. It might have been the two ten Fender Rumble, or should I get the uh, the one fifteen? Yeah. And he said, get the 115. I think you might have told me, get the 115 as well. I, it's interesting because um, you obviously get a lot more bass response. And most, most bass cabinets are ported anyway, so you know, you're going to get this. They're, they're tuned to, to resonate at a low frequencies even more. But um, you also get um, a better high-end response, too, like a more clear picture of the frequency range. It just covers a broader frequency range than like a... Uh, you know, a 12-inch or a 10-inch or something. Wh- what you tend to lose with the 15 um, is, like, the, uh, the the punchiness and, like, the... The mids? Yeah, or just, like, that weird... Especially with, like, distorted guitar tone. It's, like, when you're really pushing, like, a small speaker, it gets flabby. Yeah, it breaks up, yeah. It does this thing. Um, but with the, with the 15 that I've been using with my Marshall the last couple of years, it's, I mean, the Marshall's, like, a 50-watt amp, you know, but uh, the, the 15's, like, a 30-watt. So I'm just I'm crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, it's gonna be 22 watt amp and a, you know, 30 watt speaker. So it'll be I, I'm still able to get the, the. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Just trying to keep it dirty. Yeah, I um was talking about on the podcast recently when we played that, uh, Clarksville house show. <laughs> And the power went out. Do you remember that? Oh, I absolutely remember that, man. Yeah, that, I, I, I listened to that episode of you talking about that. I was, I was giggling, man, because that was the first gig that you, Christian, Gabrielle, and I did together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was our first one. It went out, I think, during mystery trips, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I just, I was like, drum solo. And then Christian just, like, laid waste. Yeah. Just took the most epic drum solo till like, the power came back on, and we... Yeah, because like th- I think even in like the first song or something, like my guitar got caught up in the mic stand, and I just threw the mic stand down, and we finished the rest of that instrument. Like there were a couple things that went wrong, but it was like five degrees. That outside. was the first night that my my bass amp started acting up too. Oh man, I know I, I know that's our fault. It, it was one hundred percent because I needed something <laughs> more more powerful, dude, to play with the Weird Sisters, and I just I just kept pushing it because it was a two hundred watt amp. Um, and I needed more power. It was, th- I thought it was three, two, they're 200. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was the rumble 200 or it might've been 250. I can't remember if they make, it's either 200 or 250, the, the 115 in there and just everything on the amp was cranked except the mids. Yeah. I mean, that should be more than enough. I think I was still rocking the 412 at that point. And yeah. then Gabby had her like 115, but they're like 500 watts solid stadiums. They're fucking loud. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as loud as we want to be though. Like we would prefer to be much louder. Yeah. At this point, yeah. But it's 
I'm, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Gil, because it died at the end, finally. Thank God there yeah. was a house bass amp there. Yeah, was... well, it was uh, the, it was one of the other bands that we were playing with. Uh, I used, It was like a Galloping Kruger or something like that, which I'm not really a fan of those amps, honestly. Yeah, they look like a laptop with like a, with a speaker cabinet, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've never really been a fan of it. I, I've always just liked either Fender amps or Ampeg. Yeah, because um, Ampeg makes great stuff, but I I feel like honestly I have to give right now the the edge to Fender because that the P bass and that Rumble really defined my sound because it was so simplistic. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's easy. It's yeah, easy. it goes together, it works. You don't think about it. Exactly. Yeah, and I would I would I honestly didn't play with that much tone variation live. It was just I either would be playing with my fingers or I'd be playing with a pick with the tone knob cranked all the way up. The bass was always on full volume and yeah. the amp, depending on the venue and the sound and shit, it was pretty cranked usually too. I remember when um, we played the dive, um, when we played like the, uh, yeah, it was like the bar area of yeah. the dive motel, like that that gig. Um, yeah, you had, like, there was like a, like a booth or like a pew or something in the back wall and you had your bass amp sitting on that just, yeah just dimed and it was it was it was barely keeping up well i yeah. think i might have used someone else's amp that night i think you still had yours that was before it died i think no, no? because we played we played at the end and that's when it died oh, i think that? at the dive was like my last gig with you guys oh maybe yeah maybe that was that was a good one too yeah yeah i forget it was jack silverman and uh non-violence yeah, yeah, um, at the dive, and there was that dude who opened who played the uh, the sitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nonviolent. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a, yeah, he's an Atlanta cat, man. He's he's the coolest. I ran him the other day. He's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun, man. That was a good gig. That was a really good gig. And then I had just played a couple weeks before that there with Violet Moons. We played outside. It's it's so fucking. It gets so fucking cold in Nashville, dude. <laughs> I'd rather be cold than, than what it is right now. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. it's been hot as balls this summer. We've gotten a lot of storms too. Oh it's yeah, been it, raining it, a lot. It, dude. Yeah, it rains three, like four or five times a week. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's and it's always severe. It's like a severe fucking thunderstorm. Yeah. 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 The, the little rain that we got today did, did it did it like did it get lightning? Was we got we, we had lightning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had to run to Walmart just to grab a few things. I I needed some like trash bags and bananas and sugar for my coffee things like that odds and ends and uh yeah I, I was leaving i was with my dad and it was starting to storm and i was like oh fuck and then we we just ran we had to run in we didn't bring in any of the groceries you just, you just left them in the car for a little while until the rain calmed down but eventually it calmed down I like the rain as long as I don't have to be driving in it, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was driving Uber one time, man, and it was uh, like a lightning storm happened. Like, the one of the worst storms I've ever seen, and it was a Garth Brooks concert. I remember that, dude. Were you driving that night? No, I think <laughs> I actually might have had a, a gig that night. That might have been with Violet Moons. I know I texted you um, because we had talked about it. I made twelve hundred bucks that night just driving Uber, but it was like barbecue Vietnam out there. Like it was just people were like, "Help me!" Like like, I had people crawling into my car that like didn't even call me. It was just and just paying me cash to get them somewhere, get them out of downtown. It was so so messed up. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I I miss doing Uber sometimes, but then when I'm in traffic now. I'm like fuck. I don't miss, I don't miss it because I really haven't been driving 
that much. Now I'm living in a part of town where uh, where I have to drive to other parts of town to go see people because I don't have any homies in that part of town. Oh, yeah. Because I'm living out west now, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, your only options, if you're on Charlotte, it's like, man, you can either go kind of hang out down at the, the Nations. Like, yeah. Like that zone. I mean, 51st Deli. Yeah, man. There, I mean, there's some cool spots. I'm not a. I'm. I'm not into British audio. They're not. They're not my people. But the um, the, the Great Escape over there. Oh yeah, the Great Escape's cool, man. They never opened New Life again. Did you ever go to New Life? No. What was that? Okay, so it was like this record shop. The guy sold like um. Was it? It's right next to British Audio, right? Right, ne- right next door. Actually, yeah. I think I went in there one time. The they, they had like porn mags in there and shit yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just this giant crazy dude. He was just sitting there and chain smoked cigarettes all day and just you know, now I remember when I saw you know Blue Oyster Cult back in 1975 and like man like guys like that I could just spend eternity with just listening to their stories yeah yeah but, but then one day I went over there and signed on the door and it was like yeah you know he's uh, be cool. oh yeah hey there's the guy <laughs> there's the guy dude yeah well we got that's my for, guy. for people who who are just listening we got a uh, a, a setup now where we have a TV, um, and Danny was able to to pull up a picture of the dude smoking a fucking pipe on uh on Facebook. Yeah, which is kind of kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There he is. Yeah, yeah. that that place is not open anymore. It's not there. Oh man, no, it's been a couple years ago. I'd say, but but the COVID casualty. I, no, I think before that too. I think it was just like that guy may not have been in the best health. Yeah. Um, but I do remember, like, uh, like I, I burned some brain cells with that guy for sure. Just going hanging out in the record shop. Um, but the the facade hasn't changed. It still says New Life Records, and you go and peek in the window, and it's dusty. But like, you know, the oh no 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 that that's actually the guy right there, the dude with the mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, oh now we got a horse. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I like the Great Escape too. Yeah, that Great Escape is um, the one in Madison's awesome, but the, the the one down there is cool because you can find all like the you know vintage Playboy Playgirl magazines yeah. and like the old screen prints from the beginning of time. They got they got Legos and shit too. Yeah, I always check to see what they got. Well, like Legos. Legos, yeah. Oh, is that you? You in? Uh, yeah, you are into that. Yeah, 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 I'm into Legos, bro. I got I got some sets. Yeah, did you get Lego magazine when you were a kid? Of course, dude. Yeah. One hundred percent. They would send them to me. I never knew why. Uh, hey, you had to pay for a subscription to that shit, dude. Really? I would get one, like, once every year or something, like a Lego magazine and end up in the mailbox and I'd look at it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, you know. I had all, like, the, uh, I, I had Legos. And they were, like, you know, I had, like, a five-gallon bucket full of Legos as a kid. And they were awesome. But it was, like, it was a mixture of, like, genuine Legos and then, like, Mega Blocks and, like, all these other different uh, oh, things. Oh, yeah. Mega Blocks are inferior. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, you... Well, but once you ran out of... You're constructing something, you run out of the, you know, the Legos, you got to resort to the Mega Blocks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's... Yeah, the, the, you know, you had to ration. Which which days. uh which sets did you have? Do you remember? I don't. I never had like sets necessarily. Were they your brothers that you inherited? No, because my my bro- I they were somebody's. They were somebody's brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But my my brothers, um, you know, Justin's twenty four years older than me. Brian's twenty eight years older than me. Uh, what I inherited from my brothers was like. Um, whatever Justin left in the house. I think Brian didn't have any shit there because he's responsible. But uh, there was, like, a stack of Mad Magazines from, like, 86 to 91, like, every issue of Mad Magazine. Um, the first three Metallica albums, 
an Ingve Malmsteen record, ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Great Dirt, record. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. J- Jailbreak. Uh. Seventy four. Whatever that record's called. Um. And is it, was that uh? It's Bon Scott. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's t- t- tremendous album. Um. Fly on the Wall. Brian Johnson era. Back in Black. And then for those about to rock, Kiss Live One and Two, Double Platinum Kiss. And uh, I was trying to think if there was anything else, maybe like a Slayer record. But it was enough to like to get introduced to like the heavier side. Of yeah, life. yeah, you know. Hell yeah. Yeah, and then a bunch of like bicycle parts and an old Marlboro bass amp and a Gorilla bass amp. My brother's a bass player, and that shit was always just sitting down in the basement waiting for me to discover it. And then when I was about twelve, it was like it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was on. You discovered it. Yeah, no, it's like oh wow, like just Mad magazines and badass records and yeah some bicycle shit like i was i was set for a couple years when when justin moved out it was probably like 94 something like that and that's when he moved to colorado so you know uh, that was the thumbprint he left behind hell yeah yeah so it sounds like a pretty good thumbprint yeah my brother's got a beautiful thumbprint um yeah. Well, yeah, you know Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he came on the fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah you should have him again. He, yeah, he just went to Scotland. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I, yeah I, I saw that he posted. He was like biking there, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The the bike trip got a little bit like um delayed. I think they did a lot more hiking than biking because um his wife um you know Lynn uh she uh she ended up breaking her wrist like oh like, no a month or two ago so yeah uh, but I don't think that put a damper on the trip. I have not gotten the report yet um because I'm not. I'm, is, I'm not sure if he's back yet. I haven't heard from him. Yeah, I'm not sure. Him a little bit, but I'm yeah, not I'm sure. friends with him on Facebook. I just saw that he was there, and he ran into some relatives. Yeah, yeah, because it's like um, you know, my dad's fa- side of the family, they, they entered the country in like the 1730s. Um, so we've been here pretty much since the beginning. And then on my mom's side, it's like, yeah, they got here like, you know, my, my grandmother's parents, my great-grandparents came here from Scotland. Um, so he went over there trying to find any of them. And he ran into another short. Uh, we got we got a pair of shorts over there somewhere. And the dude looks strikingly like my dad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny as fuck, dude. Yeah, poor guy, right? I've never been, uh, I've never left the country before. I haven't either. Yeah, I'm, work, I'm working on my passport right now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Where do you want to go? Everywhere. Absolutely. But, like, you know, like have my, have my, have my dreams. I, I want to spend a significant time in um, uh, Africa if possible and um uh definitely want to go to like you know europe and, and see france and see scotland and um uh, germany see the swiss alps um go to japan and uh, walk around china and you know yeah i want to go i want to go everywhere there's nowhere i don't want to go and may- maybe north korea maybe it's like not high on the list yeah maybe, like more towards the lower but i'd like i'd like to see it I want to go to Cuba. That's my number one international destination. Bro, I'll get cubicle with you. Yeah. You don't need a passport. You don't? Maybe you do. But you can go now. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I would like to go there, and I'd like to go to uh, where else? Uh, Cuba, definitely. And then I don't know. I don't know where else I'd want to go. Cuba is definitely my number one. Here we go. Danny's, Danny's checking Danny, it, dude. You know, Young Jamie style. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so what's what's the verdict on the uh, the passport, man? Yeah, you, you need one. 
What old TSA pre-check, those guys, yeah, man. Yeah, you do need one to go to Cuba, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my, my buddy Tom ended up going down there, like, within, like, the first month or two that they, like, lifted the restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, and he just, he, I don't even think he had a plan. He didn't speak any Spanish, just, like, you know, just rolled into Cuba and just lived off of, like, street pizza for a week and <laughs> came back. Dude, there's a great book called Havana Nocturne that's about, um, like the American, the Italian American mafia taking over Cuba. Over oh, the sugar. No, well they had um, they wanted to set up their casinos there, so they wanted to basically have Cuba be a country that was run by the mob that was close to the U.S. but the government didn't have any jurisdiction over. Um. So they were they were set up there with the casinos. And it, Meyer Lansky, he was one of them, which is funny. Funnily enough, he's actually Jewish, um, but he uh, he was basically running the Italian American mob. Um, he was like one of the most prominent gangsters, um, and eventually it triggered the rise of Fidel, and they were doing all of these terrorist attacks. Yeah on these casinos that were run by the mob and he chased the the mafia out of cuba interesting and that's when fidel took power yeah i've uh because my uh well you get my dad talking about communism and uh anything like that it's it's a very it's a very one-sided conversation but every, every time i've looked into that man it didn't seem like those guys were they they they, they, they were they were trying to be, do something noble um you know, Communism like, always starts out trying to do something yeah, noble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I probably like, hold your dad's view on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it doesn't seem like it has worked in the end for you know, worked out for everybody involved ever. But um, but but it's you know like guys like Sh- Che Guevara and all that stuff. It's like they they were they were fighting for uh you know to, to just not have the United States interfere with their with their bullshit. I get it. That's what it seems like. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I I I guess him and uh fucking Fidel were buddies. They were freedom fighters together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of them. Um, something funny I saw the other day regarding Cuba. Um, uh, Gabrielle's grandmother, um, unfortunately, uh, she she passed away recently. But uh, she she was of an extreme age. Uh, I think she was born in 1924, and saw some of her pictures and uh, just like a tourist. And you open it up. Um, it was like greetings from Havana. Where she, I guess she spent a lot of time in Cuba before, like the embargo and like the whole thing before that. Because you know, really, yeah, you think about it, yeah. When the war ended, she was twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she was spending. Yeah, she spent time in Cuba, like hanging out down there. It's a picture of her, like in a swimsuit, you know. Well, <laughs> that it was a huge tourist destination, and that's it was like Vegas before Vegas existed. Yeah. Because the the mafia, they just didn't want. They wanted somewhere where they could go where they wouldn't be fucked with, basically. And Cuba was it um, until fucking Fidel told them to, to fuck off. Yeah, Danny's got some pictures on here. But it's cool because um, they have all the old uh, old cars and shit. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they couldn't get um, yeah they couldn't get new cars. Yeah, so they just had to fix their shit. And that, that was something that Tom noticed when he went down there. It was like they, they, they still... We're driving around in like these old fifties, like you know, because they just fix them. They guess they get the parts or something. But it's a very interesting, very interesting culture. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, they got great music, great f- food, beautiful women. Uh, yeah, Santeria. Yeah, Santeria, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, that's Fidel. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Yeah, man. No, I, I, I love the, the, the Cuban There's music. the old cars right there. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, there's something about the, uh, the 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 Cuban the Cuban music. It's very similar to like um like some of the Afrobeat rhythms and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's very um because there's a lot of cultures going on there. There's I guess what they 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 were probably uh I don't I'm, but the the their their they this Spanish settlement originally. Mm-hmm. So they 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 stole that island from somebody. Well, it, the <laughs> the island of Cuba has never been free to its its own people you know what i mean it's oh, the, yeah. it's always had somebody who's come in and said yo i'm in fucking charge now you can fuck off yeah um that's what happened with the mob that's what happened with fidel and it's just got a long history of people going there and saying you're gonna fuck off now i just can't imagine doing that just just rolling in somewhere i ain't never been before and be like it's mine now it's it. it's the story of pretty much everywhere that's dude what, that's what human beings do and that's just the thing it feels so out of um, maybe i'm a little bit less human than some people or something or may- maybe that's just like not a lot of thought goes into that or i i, I don't i don't necessarily understand it's the way that know. our country was founded every country was founded yeah. that way like, like where did we come from aliens dude what do you think of all this alien bullshit isaac what's your take on it oh it's it's uh it's pretty it's pretty sexy do you um, think it's real? I've always thought it was real. I don't need a government to tell me that. Um, Are you suspicious suspicious at all of the government? I am suspicious of the government. Now, now, now that you mention it, I, I have a suspicion. I think that they're um, much like everything else. They're introducing um, the concept on the, gr- on, on, the big, on the big national stage. They're going to say, oh, well, you know, there could be aliens. And then in a couple months, you'll be like, well, you know, there, there still could be aliens. They'll say something like that. And then maybe they'll be like, oh, well, here's an alien. In the meantime, you know, there's of course there's fucking aliens. Are you kidding me? And and then they're gonna be pulling some crazy shit off to the off to the, off to the side, you know. The aliens are the are the government. The aliens are the government. Either that or there's no government, and they're just gonna use aliens as an excuse to do some crazy shit. The government's gonna do crazy shit regardless, yeah. and use that as a front. I think um, if we actually get to uh, be overthrown by another species. I'm here for it because I think they look like us. I think they talk like us. I think we're of them, and uh, only if only a couple of us might know that uh, that that's really going on or on the inside poles. Oh shit! The, um, there's a uh, uh, fucking videos of them people saying that in Peru, they're like some remote village in Peru, the aliens went there and were attacking people there's like videos up online and people talking about it um and saying that the aliens fucking came and tried to fuck with them um like a girl she got her neck cut uh you could probably find it <laughs> alien attacks uh, type in peru yeah hey try and find this video i'm gonna run the bathroom real quick okay you do your thing yeah um let's let's take a look here shocking truth about Peru- peruvian alien attack um yeah yeah there's there's like all sorts of shit 
Um, get ready to fight aliens. Peru, alien attack. Seven foot alien attack villagers. Katy Perry goes viral for mid-concert eye glitch. Oh, they're saying she's an alien. Yeah, I don't know if they'll have it on YouTube. Th there's, um, it, there, there might be. Here, go back up. Okay. Big update. I saw it on fucking TikTok. There's, like, people actually posting videos and shit. Of course, it's, like, grainy fucking footage, Let's though. See. It was a village, right? Yeah, it was just like some village flying. Okay, here we go. Click on that second one. This one? Yeah. Illegal gold mining gang. Oh, oh. This, so this sounds like a fucking cover-up. I, I thought this was a video. Hold on. Oh, wait. I thought it was a video, too. It said it was. Oh, my God. Hold on. So, oh. this is about the shit in Peru. Um... When did this happen? Oh, right then. Recently. It, okay, here we go. It, Here's right the video. Here. <laughs> is this this is a this is a video? Okay. Yeah, Gr uh, it's gr very grainy footage. Of course, no. Oh, yeah, all alien on. footage is grainy. We yeah, we can we can just edit this part out if we have to. Uh, yeah. These so ugly fucking white guys. <laughs> yeah, that's also the American way. Okay, here we go. I mean, it's not the worst quality. It's it's definitely not the best quality. No, so no, it is the worst. It's uh, there's just some fucking people, and it's dark. It's nighttime. Looks like they're out in the woods or out in nature somewhere, and they're looking around. Yeah, they're looking at shining flashlights so far. There's a child. I've noticed the child. Man, I wish we knew what they were saying. I know. It's like, bro, there was a fucking alien right here. He's like that tall. Um, oh. Oh shit! Here we go. What? This is the video of the alien, dude. This is the one that I've seen. So they're in the woods now. There's like trees and shit. Who's opening fire? It sounds like a... Yeah, I think they're shooting at the alien. What? They're just fucking... I mean... They, they, there they... it is, bro. Did you see it? What? What are you talking about? Did I see what? The, the alien, dude. The alien? Yeah, you can see it right there. What, what are you talking about? I see, I see a... I see a man in a white shirt and blue shorts. That's here, that's here, a man right here, there. Here, oh, you want me to go frame by frame? Yeah, go yeah, frame, you gotta by go frame. frame by frame. Uh, is that what you were talking about? I uh, see. I can't really see it either, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I've seen this video before. That's how is I it, know. Is right? it further back? It it's it's right, no. It's right in this this area. Go just a little bit back. That's there. We go. That. Yeah. Play it from right here. I'll pause it if you want. Just tell me when I'm. Yeah, here, keep just keep playing it. What, what am I supposed to be seeing here, dude? This looks like a flashlight tag. <laughs> oh shit! Where is it? Oh, did did I go 
No, keep going, keep going. You're good. Yeah, there's got to be more to this video for it to be like in an article, right? Like, yeah, this looks like the intro in ET, bro. And like, <laughs> you don't run around with flashlights. Okay. He said La Policia. Yeah, I know that one. This is like almost the end of the video. Yeah, yeah. no, that's okay. You want me to go back? Or? No, we're good. Uh, basically, what um, I guess uh, basically th these aliens allegedly came to this village and were fucking with the villagers. One of the guys, he said he looked like, uh, and this is so fucking specific, he said he looked like Green Goblin from the Spider-Man movies. Well, I don't know. Are we talking Tobey Maguire or like... Uh, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Oh, okay, okay. It, yeah. it, he looked... It was an alien that looked like that. Um, <laughs> so it just kind of... <laughs> well then, okay. Yeah, kind of interesting and fucked up. Hold on, let me see if I can find something. Oh. Let me see if I can find it real quick on my phone. Because I've, I've been seeing so fucking much. I got some more pulled up too. If you, I yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, see. see let's see if something. we can find something. Up. Do any of the here? I can. It can be literally any of these. I got seven foot aliens attack villagers in Peru. It's this looks like it's a guy reacting to it. Though. Yeah, terrified. But I think that this might be the news story. Do you want to? Yeah, it? let's let, let's just click it to see. That one ain't even in English, man. Wow! Look at you, just bravely accepting cookies. <laughs> What's this guy? That that's a uh, guy with a head injury. What happened here? Okay, so he got he got hit in the head. Yeah, well, uh, I, allegedly one of this girl got sliced. I guess uh, that's fucking Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never heard such disappointment, man. That's fucking Whoopi Goldberg. Fuck <laughs> oh shit. Like that. <laughs> yeah, but um hold on, let me see if I can find Yeah, I don't think any of these are videos. Um let me see uh Peru village alien attack. It's like I'm just not seeing any convincing evidence. Um as much as I want uh, aliens to be little green men with their big black eyes. You know, your your sta your standard fair alien is my dream alien. Um, but I really just think that they're probably like we're probably the same I species. Okay, this is from the Jerusalem Post, and I I I trust the Jerusalem Post. Oh, man. great. Okay. Yeah. It says Peruvian tribe claims it was attacked. By seven-foot aliens. The tribe says they've endured multiple attacks, one of which sent a 15-year-old girl to the hospital. Um, Peruvian villagers of the Iquitu tribe, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, have said that they've faced attacks by aliens. Local media reported that the tribe members have begun nightly patrols in order to protect the vulnerable members of their community, including women, children, and elderly Additionally, they've asked for assistance from Peruvian authorities, including the military, for assistance protecting them. Let's see what else. Uh, I can't pronounce this person's name. Um, the community leader, the girl managed to escape the attack, but as a result of the struggle, the alien cut part of her neck. Uh, community members have described the aliens, which they have... Which they have taken to calling Los uh, 
sorry, I just lost my place. <laughs> Los Pelicaras or the face peelers as massive seven foot tall alien beings. Their shoes are round shaped, which they use to float. Their heads are long, they wear a mask, and their eyes are yellowish. They are also apparently impervious to the villagers' defenses. Davila yeah. says the aliens are armored and claims that claims to have shot one to no avail. So I I think in the grand scheme of things this sounds like some bullshit. I mean, I understand them not having weapons. I just saw I just saw a bunch of scared looking people with, with flashlights, but uh um I just uh I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm there's not enough information here. I'm the Neil deGrasse Tyson's face is popping up. I'm gonna say it's probably bullshit. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson is honestly bullshit. That's dude. what I, that's what I mean. No, like like I, I don't I don't I don't I think he's really good at hearing and retaining information and then repeating it, but he doesn't seem like a person that is quizzical in the sense of like having real creative thoughts and like action and ideas and is like he's he's like he's definitely fulfilled the role of being the dude that's getting everybody very excited about the science and physics and stuff but he's kind of also like how can i danny go to that th that third video no right no, below that you're one not carl sagan bro there we go that one that's that's the video because i here we go Oh, I think it. I think it's just looping now. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know if it. That 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 doesn't that doesn't look like something that's alive, even. You know. What do you think would happen, um, if there was, just like I don't know, some random city in America, and it's like an alien invasion is happening. Okay. Like one of these attacks happened here in the U.S. What do you think would happen? Yeah, well, I need to know what what, what city. We like Nashville. Okay. Well, yeah, let's just say Nashville, Nashville. for instance. Okay, so so what, what what's what's the circumstances of the attack? Okay, so like you know, so like War of the Worlds, like the aliens just fucking just sitting there. And Similar to this, where it's just aliens on the ground that okay. have appeared out of nowhere and they're starting to fuck with people. <laughs> so like Red Dawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Red Dawn, but <laughs> Red with Dawn, aliens. But with aliens. <laughs> oh, that would be so sick. Um, in Nashville, I think people would freak the fuck out. I think they would freak the fuck out very quickly. Um, I think people would take to the river. I don't think they would know how to defend themselves. I think that they would... Uh, yeah, man, like... I, I, this isn't a town where I'd say like they try and befriend aliens. You think they'd be scared? I think they'd be scared. I, well, that means, like, 
everywhere. Do you think everywhere would be scared? I don't know, man. It's it's hard. It's hard to know. Um, like like so the 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 aliens are taken to the ground. They're tactically trying to fuck us up. Yeah, yeah. But on on the DL though. Oh okay. They're um, they're, they're just like trying to be like, yo, we're here. Oh, but they're not. They're, they're not actually like you know like. They're, they're the doing cutting. like they were doing in this village in Peru, where they're trying to to attack the villagers and shit. This seems like some aggressive, like you know, alien teenagers, man. They smoke some weed and it's like, let's go fuck with some Peruvians, like, 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 like that that scenario right there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if that was that, that were the case, I don't think anybody would take it seriously. I don't think. I think. I think we've kind of surpassed like the point in time where anything could be taken seriously as a whole. Because, like, you know, immediately it's going to be half the people going to be like, oh, the aliens are here. We need to talk to them. And then the other half be like, we need to kill them. You know, it's going to be like, oh, well, we need to we need to mutilate them and find out how their lungs work. And, like, you know, it's, it's just going to it's gonna turn into that. Um, I say we just stay the fuck away from them the best we can. That would be my that would be my thing. As much as I'd want to roll up to an alien and be like, listen, dude, I'm your guy. Let's jam. Let's let's talk. Let's smoke I, weed. Let's smoke weed. I'd like to I'd like to show you my records. Like I'd like to I'd like to go into space and record a record with you. Um, I'd like to, you know I like a lot of things I'd like to know. Like yeah, let's let's go to Egypt, dude. Let's go see the pyramids. Like like let's 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 learn. Let's learn together and and climb a mountain. Um, but I I, I don't I I probably the first order of business is to stay away from them until you know what's going on. Why why berth with it with an alien? Yeah. But. But really, why? I, that, to me, that that strikes me as bullshit because, like, like I really believe that they've been here like pretty much the entire time. Are you, are you on that Bob Lazar? You oh Bob yeah, Lazar? yeah, of course, dude. I think he's telling the truth. I think he's telling the truth too. I think he's telling the truth. I I think he's telling the truth. I think, uh, you know, the information is so fragmented. It sounds like in the way the government is trying to keep everything separate from each other. Yeah. But that means there there are American citizens who have known about this for so long. And there are people who have come out and you never really know what to believe. But there are people who have been like, yeah, aliens are real and they're here and they've been here. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of have to choose what you believe and what you don't. But um, his story is very like, I don't know, just from a physics perspective. I mean, he's obviously a very intelligent guy. He's obviously a very like, you know. Like he, like he, like he, he is a true creative scientist, and, and, and he's 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 done a lot more than just talk about aliens and stuff. Like you know, he was obviously an expert in propulsion and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's a really interesting character, and he seems almost like un- like oh, I gotta tell my story again, like, but uh, he, uh, th- yeah, they they did put a documentary out on Netflix um, with Bob Lazar. I've seen it. it. Yeah, it's it's kind of trash. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It was very poorly produced. Like that well, guy he has producing that shit was awful. Yeah, well, it's the dude who uh, who introduced Joe and Bob Lazar. Yeah, it's that documentary right there. Yeah. Um, but I I think that that dude's kind of honestly fucking annoying, Jeremy Corbell. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he seems he's like kind of a dumbass. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. Um, but but simultaneously, like, if if he he's kind of probably responsible for really getting the word out there in like that's this true. day and age you know that's true yeah i'm uh i'm I, curious to see what's going to happen i think uh aoc she she's talked about it she was on that that committee yeah um, I, I was i was thinking about you when she was on there i know you have a you you have you have a love affair with her oh yeah dude she's a beautiful woman she's a beautiful woman um 
but yeah, she was talking about it. That's the AOC I like when she talks about fucking aliens and shit. I mean, that's the best. That's the best version. That's yeah. the best version of anyone, man. Yeah, like, yeah. About aliens. Yeah. She's she's into it, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I watched all the whole like you know forty five minutes of the thing, and it's it's just it seems very um. Yeah, yeah, whatever that one, the uh, the UFO sighting with all the, the different lights, and it was seen from, like, different areas yeah. all over the place, that one's super questionable. They say it was dropping flares. It was like a, it was a, it, it, it does not. You gotta, like, you right. gotta think, too, like, the government just has some crazy shit that we don't know about for, for technology, and they're not gonna, they, they would rather people probably think that it's fucking aliens than Russia and China know that we're onto some next level fucking shit. You know what I mean? That is that is the other thing, man. I'd be more concerned about what's going on in like you know places like Antarctica or out in the Pacific Ocean than like actual aliens. I think there are actual aliens. I think people, the government's going to blame a lot on them that they're actually working on. Yeah, beams from them, but. Uh, Project Blue Book, you ever hear that? Or Blue Beam? Blue Beam, yeah, which one's that? I don't, yeah, That's the conspiracy that there's going to be, like, a, a faked alien invasion, and it's going to actually be the government, and they're doing it to uh, to try and control, uh, to try and go to a one-world government, basically. Oh, yeah. And that try and get people to be like, oh, yeah, it's it's uh, the ending of the fucking Watchmen. You ever see the Watchmen movie? No, I don't know the. Uh, well, um, the the original comic book, it's an alien invasion. It's like a, it's faked. There's like this giant squid that gets released, and destroys, kills like a bunch of people in New York. In the movie, it's Doctor Manhattan. He gets blamed, or maybe maybe it's an maybe it's a giant squid in that too. I I can't remember. There was something where the the ending was changed, but in the comic book, it was a giant squid. Oh, I got you. Okay. Um, and it was like from an alien fucking from another planet and that's what united the whole thing was uh we're gonna be we're gonna kill millions to save billions oh okay okay yeah, yeah. But, but but it's a ruse it's a ruse yeah, yeah okay i gotcha yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past the government man i mean it's just like the um the uh, the air of dishonesty um that they've had with us is uh, i don't think i don't think there's anyone um unless they're a real simpleton that they could you know trust the powers that be or the government or something like that because historically they've never had our best interest in mind uh, not according to the people in east nashville bro oh yeah well <laughs> you know they're, they're they're but they're still unhappy about all sorts of stuff yeah man. i mean and you know all these social issues and stuff like there's a lot of reasons to be upset about that stuff sure no absolutely yeah. but yeah. i just don't think yeah. trusting the government it's like all of a sudden now we should trust the fucking government when they've only proven throughout time to not have people's best interests in mind. You no, know what I I'm mean, saying? It's, a, it's a hard life, man. I mean, like, if you're going to survive, like, you have to work your ass off just to survive in this world now. And I, it, I, it's always been that way. And it's like, there's, it's never going to be easy. You're never going to have a good job. You're never going to be... Because I think that's a human element. Like, that... Like, people always talk about the human element, you know, the wh whatever it is. And it's, like, really just having everything and being dissatisfied or needing to create more to, like, to continue and... There, there, there's something innately human about not, not feeling like real fulfillment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, it, you, even if you have everything in the world, like you still got to push a little bit harder. You still got to, you know, you still got, you still got to sharpen it a little bit more. Find a reason. Find the flaw, and um, like to find real peace. Like I think that's probably just more of an internal choice, or you have to work through your bullshit or something. But um, it was uncomfortable to do. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? scary. Yeah. yeah it's it's scary. Yeah. I mean, you. you I, if you externalize it, it instead. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's way easier to just blame whatever is going on 
around you, even though what's going on around you is not always, but it's caused by whatever conflict or turmoil is within you. Yeah, you know? well, I think it's up to us as people just to not listen to the government, not listen to rules, and it's like, you know, like, just ma- make decisions and not let anyone make decisions for you. And everything's a decision, you know, like, what are you going to do when you wake up that day? How are you going to do it? Like, you know, there's a thousand laws that, like, you know, the government's laid out in front of us that, like, we do not obey because, yeah, maybe I don't know they exist and maybe I think they're dumb, but I know what's best for me. And the less I let the government be involved in my life or influence my decisions, the better off I'm going to be. And that goes for anybody. It doesn't have to be the government. Like, anybody that wants to, to lord their power over somebody. It's yeah. like, you know, like 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 karma. Like if I piss somebody off, karma will take care of me or they will. You know, like, I don't, I don't need the government getting involved. Like, I just need to make sure that the roads are paved and, like, you know, make sure my mom's all right. And, like, that's, you know, those are my responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. Well, it starts with uh, with your general life and the people that are that are in it yeah oh our generation man it's like um especially being in the south i'm gonna talk some shit for a second but i just noticed that like a lot of these people i've met in the south and it could be a string of uh bad introductions but for the most part being in nashville i find it very difficult to find anyone that's very true to their word or has a work ethic and wants to work and it's very difficult to get shit done especially in a timely manner just weird you know like like people don't take responsibility for like you know, they, 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 they talk their best game, they sell you on something, and then you got to wait a year to get something done. Do you think that's Nashville, or do you just think that's kind of the way of the world now? People not sticking to their word? I don't know, man. I had different, like, I, I just, uh, my, my, uh, my, my connection to the Northeast now is, like, mostly through my parents, because I don't have, like, you know, I don't have too many, like, young friends that are up there and, and doing stuff. And, like, my young friends that I grew up with, you know, people our age, it's like they, they, they got tremendous work ethics. But, you know, we, we grew up in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, working our asses off yeah. when we were kids. So, uh, yeah, it's probably like a oh, – my, my view into that is, like, you know, seeing people, like, you know, they're friends with my parents and stuff. And I just I, – I, I notice a different work ethic. So maybe it's a different um, – maybe it's just a different gener- a generational thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of shit that's really fucked up with those with that generation for sure i think they take a lot of they don't take any responsibility for it but they uh they really do have a work ethic and they are people with their word and there's a little bit more honor and discipline with um with older folk um it's really and i I just found that very hard to find in nashville you know but you know the people that 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 are are quality man like you know they're they're tremendous there's plenty of them here but i had to dig a little bit you know what i mean no for sure i mean uh between the the reveal boys and then you and Gabby, it was like I found my tribe of people who were somewhat similar to me who had a uh, grit, you know yeah. what I mean, who wouldn't ro- just roll over and die or try and blame other people. I've yeah. always, even when you get you guys have gotten fucked, the thing <laughs> the thing that I really respect about about you and Gabby in particular is you immediately go into what did we do to like fuck this up or how did we get how did we get here and i just really respect that even if it was a situation like of you like were we bad judges of character you know what i mean oh yeah yeah um no that's that's the one thing about i love about gabrielle is that we're really able to um uh when we first met it was like in aus 20 and she was you know uh, we were young and the the whole the whole deal with that was uh 
maybe we were like even just in a band situation oh yeah we have a creative difference like someone's not going to use my idea man i could get really hot about it and be like hey isaac that idea sucks let's like move on to this one and just that that abruptness really used to catch me off guard but but in reality it's like i like once that shit stops offending you and you realize it's like oh yeah there's good ideas and there's bad ideas every eight, every hundred ideas i'm gonna have 90 bad ones yeah but i'm gonna have these 10 10 totally. gems and you gotta be able to trust people around you be like oh no that is a good idea we should pursue that and give every idea a little bit of time but um yeah if you could just take the ego out of criticism like in any situation it's like man m- maybe somebody fucked me over but like did i do anything to cause that and I, ch- I try and keep myself on the outskirts of that, I appreciate you saying that because that's I, I really aim to be that way and not blame people for shit. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's hard. It's was well, it's hard not to sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, in situations where you do get fucked, because it happens. I mean, yeah. it's just a, honestly, it's a natural part of life. You get as you get older, you figure out how to minimize that, though. Yeah, as you start to gain experience, um, I would say by your mid twenties, you're able to kind of take a step back and realize like relationship wise, job wise, different things you're, you can tell when something is not working a lot quicker without something bad having to happen first. Yeah. I, I always think about my reaction time because like, you know, like back in the day, like I have a person in my life and we're spending all this time together. And then like, you know, maybe it take me a year before I realize it's like, Oh wow. Like, you know, this is, this isn't a good, this isn't a good match it's really like, you know, some people suck your life force away if you let them um but like you know i think my 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 reaction time's down to like about an hour to like 10 minutes to an hour like if i'm depending on depending on where i'm at like i can really i can really smell out a person that like i'm there's nothing wrong with them but maybe we just we don't vibe or something like that instead of like you know like hey yeah yeah come on over into my life and like you know here have all you know have have access to you know what what i've worked really hard for and like there's a lot of people that take advantage of you um but uh, but but th- what I'm t- what I've tried to realize too is like if I if I'm smart enough to realize that like oh yeah like th- th- maybe this person has a propensity to take advantage, um, then it's then all of a sudden it's my responsibility whether or not I'm gonna let them take advantage of me and I can't blame them because I'm smart enough to realize that it's like oh that's you know they're probably you know this this and this you know you analyze something a problem or whatever and it's like if you're smart enough to analyze that you're smart enough to fucking create circumstances around you that can just let that shit slide well it goes back to fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me yeah man that's a very simple way to put it yeah yeah, that's yeah that's that's exactly what it is it's hard man I feel like for myself I have too much of a uh, of a guard up sometimes <laughs> yes. where I'm I'm automatically sizing someone up and just kind of standoffish at first with people you know yeah yeah well you're sizing them up yeah 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 you, yeah you size people up and then like there's always this it, but it's, as soon as soon as someone cracks your shell dude like you're like the warmest nicest dude to get to know yeah 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 I would say I'm a pretty friendly guy I just uh, I'm so hesitant um, with so much, I don't think you're hesitant, man. I think you just know, like, and knowing is a superpower. Like, you know, like you know, like, like, no, that's not gonna work. That's what I want. It, sh- it needs to be like this, and that eliminates a lot of bullshit from your life. It does. Yeah. I think it can be isolating too. You know, uh, at least it has been for me o- over the years. Because uh, I've, I've, I think I've been less, less. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I've been less willing to jump right into something 
feet first, like all the way in and see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, I really have to warm up to an idea first. Yeah. If it's, of course, if it's, if it's my idea or I have that trusting relationship with someone that I'm, I'm willing to just go for it and I'm willing to, to listen to someone, someone else, um, if they, if they really get what it is I'm, I'm trying to do creatively, whatever it is. Um, and if that's the case, then it's like, by all means have at it. I won't blame anyone if I, if I throw them the keys and I'm like, here, you take the wheel and tell me where you think this needs to go, what direction we're heading in. I can't blame anyone when I give them that, that power basically. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, once I actually like feel like I have something with someone, whether it's dating, whatever, um, I'm just more willing to be like, what do you think is up? Yeah. Or how do you think we should approach this? Or how do you think we should handle this? But so much of that, I feel honestly, uh, everybody has some kind of superpower in in life that I think we're, we're inherently born with and we have to develop. And I feel like my superpower has always been communication. I've always been able to, to, to talk to people and level with them and find out what they think and why they think what they think. And then from there I can decide if I disagree or if I have an opinion or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but that takes practice too. I feel like now I've, I've gotten whatever that is. It's like something I've gotten finely tuned where, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, that's because that's, that's a power that I was not born with. I'm not a natural communicator. I'm a, I'm a marble mouth from Pennsylvania. Like I, I trip on my words a lot. Um, but I have, but I have willpower. That's that's my that's my superpower. Yeah. That, that I was born with. I have more willpower than anyone you've ever met. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. This is, I I've I've met. Like I I, I know in a no, no matter what like I like I don't stop. Yeah. Until, until I'm I'm gonna finish the idea or finish the project whatever needs to be done like like sleep. I've money, seen you I, go insane <laughs> from from that. But it is a superpower. Yeah, yeah. It's like whatever it takes. It's like whatever the project is, is like I, I go whatever it takes mode. And that's that's how I tackle almost everything. As you're saying, man, like I have a he- hesitancy to jump in. It's like I jump in. Yeah. I jump in without a life jacket. Like I'm, 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 and, and that, that, that's, you know, that has its own detriments, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. You know, I, I think it's, it comes down to different strokes for, for different folks. We're yeah. all, we're all so, different you know i i really think our whole crew of of all the the people in nashville that i'm running with it's like uh like fucking justice league or some shit you know we all have our thing our superpower that makes us different you know i i feel like uh for me i i compare what i do to like batman you're like green lantern (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah it's you have the power also of imagination I feel like your imagination is yeah, it's, it's is your superpower. It's a little out of control, but yeah, when it comes to like, oh man, we got to do the taxes, or like, man, we got to get up. It's like you know, and 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 you know, d- do the real world stuff, or like, I got to send an email, and it's like when it comes to the simple shit, it's like I'm a child, I'm a child, man. I got work, I got to work so hard at that. Like that's that that's that it that's a whole different like willpower that I don't possess. Well, yeah. that's um. <laughs> I think a lot of musicians struggle with that aspect of things, yeah. you know, and a lot of creative types in general. For me, I feel like 
I don't know what it is, dude. I feel, I'm definitely a creative type, but I also feel like I um, there's a part of me that's very uh, scientific and logical. Oh yeah, and and yeah. the way that I I do things almost to my detriment because when I when like my even the the songwriting process everything goes out the window when I'm working on a song, and like it's just your your soul is is coming through. It's yeah. communicating. It's a lightning rod of ideas from whatever the the heavens, the 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 whatever you want to call it, the universe, whatever. Yeah, that music, baby. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it just flows flows through you. But um, I feel like it takes me a lot of work to get to the point to where I'm getting there because I'm just always like trying to hit a target. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, it's a very like it's like it's it's metaphysics. It's 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 a very metaphysical process of like, you know, cre- creating the situation where that you can receive music. Fi- you know, fi- finding the right. It, it, but then, but then you have to go. Uh, it, it, as soon as as soon as the idea flows through you, you get you get some music and you put it down, and then it's like you're left with the equation. You have to solve the puzzle of how to like bring this thing into the world whether it be like recording or like an arrangement or something like how, how can you best represent like this initial idea and like you know and then that that's actually like the for, for me that's like almost like a technical like me- meditation and manipulation of like of, of you know like trans like 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 transmutating like this this little nugget of just pure well, you're thing and, manipulating and, and, fragments of time. Yeah, no, that's it, man. And I, I mean, that's, I think that's a metaphysical part of it, really. Because like, I, I like to think of recording in this way, um, um, especially when we did this record. I made sure that um, every take that we did, uh, it's it was all a moment. Even if we, like, oh, yeah, get Gabrielle's playing the organ on this thing or playing a sax solo. It's like, um, I mean, she might play the part, right? But it was like, man, like, where was your mind at? Were you feeling it? And it's like, no, get back in there, like. Do it again. Erase, erase, erase the good one. Like this, g- give me the one where you're feeling something, and just you know, play it until you feel it. Play it until you're shaking. And like, because every layer of a song is like, you know, if you have a band in a room, you've captured that moment, you know. And then, okay, we're gonna go overdub, um, you know, the, the guitar solo or like a maracas, and you know, like the, the the choir or something. These are all separate moments in time that you're compiling into this one. You're layering these moments on top of each other, so it's one big super moment. And if they're all good vibes and they're all capturing the good energy of each day or something, like, it's, it's just that much more little edge of, like, you know, emotional impact that you can have um, with the music. And and for, for me, music's like a drug. Like, if I hear a real good song, it's like I'm not getting off, like, emotionally or, like, you know, in a, it's putting me in a headspace. It's like it's, it's, it's not the right moment for that song or it's not the right song for that moment. Um, it hooks you. Yeah, I want to I be swept off my feet and, and especially, like, with with music that just feels deeper every time you listen to it dude okay so to go down this track yeah i've uh i've gone to a couple of concerts recently after not really going to shows for a while yeah like i think maybe the last some of the last concerts i went to were pre-covid but i saw john fogarty a couple of weeks ago with my dad total dad show i I went to john fogarty with my dad years ago man was it amazing it's amazing yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was super fun. Um, and then Danny and I, we saw the Black Keys. Uh, I was, I thought you would have gone to that show. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I the, bought the, tickets the, right away. The Delta Cream record, Brooklyn Bowl. Yep. Yeah. It was great, man. It was, it was phenomenal. I, I felt like honestly, I got hooked in a way 
to the music that I haven't in a long time. Because that whole record, it's really like they're vamping the whole record. Yeah. And you could feel it live. Like, it was pure emotion what they were playing with. Um, but they played at the Brooklyn Bowl. It was for uh, Tell Everybody, which is a compilation for Easy Eye Sound. Oh. So it's all blues um, for the most part. But that was the whole thing. They were promoting that. And then uh, they played Delta Cream, which is all blues covers. Like, uh, I think it's called like Hill Country Blues or something like that. But there's yeah. a couple different artists that they covered on that Delta Cream album. And they opened with that song, Crawling King Snake. But it, it felt like they were yeah. jamming, you know, like they were coming alive. Like Patrick, he, he comes out, he sits behind the drums and is like hitting the drums a little bit. The bass players doing a little thing on there. Dan and the other guitar player were just starting to, to vibe. And then they started the song, like the, the first song. Patrick starts it off with this fill, and it's like right away, it's like, oh, shit, this is something that they want to do. You know what I mean? It feels like they're into this. Yeah. They were excited to do this and probably have had it in their mind to do this exact thing for a long time, and it was incredible, dude. Wow. Like, Danny, we were pretty close, Danny. What did you think of the show? Sorry. We're still working out some kinks. Um, Dude, it was awesome. We were super close. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. In the beginning, it felt like Dan was kind of letting the other people shine. But I think by the end, man, my favorite part was the Heard It Through the Grapevine cover. Yeah, they covered Heard It Through the Grapevine. They did, like, the CCR version. Um, That was, it was really fucking cool. Dan playing the telly. Yeah. He's a telly guy now. Yeah. Man, dude, it's sweeping the nation. Spend enough time in Nashville, I guess. Fuck. Look at us. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He got his big... He doesn't thing. play with a pick. I don't think he played with a pick that whole show. Damn, man. He plays with his fingers a lot. I, I, can, get, I can get behind that, man. The more I be playing, the less I want to use a pick. It's getting it's getting that way. I I, I went to Brooklyn Bowl uh, last week, man. First time I've never been there. Um, saw the Crumb Snatchers. Um, yeah. How was that? Oh, it was great, man. It was first time at the venue. It's a. Uh, it's a cool venue. Yeah, because it was. This is definitely packed out. How did it sound in there? It sounded great. Okay, cool. Because like the sound was kind of shit the other night, but it was uh wasn't packed out, and that's something I've noticed. Like with big rooms, like Basement East, if you don't have a lot of meat in there, it don't sound right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just bouncing around, but. It was it was cool. It sounded good. It was definitely packed out. It was a sold out show. Yeah. Um. They they had announced it the day they had announced it. I bought tickets. Oh. I was sure. like, I'm I'm just gonna go for it. Tickets weren't too expensive. At, at the end of it, it, it was like fifty bucks uh, a ticket, um, which is not bad to see the Black Keys at a no. small bu- fucking venue That's like the that. Shit, dude. Yeah. I mean, man, I just wonder what my life would be like if they hadn't put out Turn Blue. You don't like that record? Dude, I was so into the Black Keys. Um, like, just, just desperately in love with that band. And then they put out Turn Blue. And that first track was just amazing. And then everything... Weight of Love. Yeah, it, was, it yeah. really is a great jam. It's like seven minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the album, like, is my standards being an 18-year-old at the time, I was like, fuck. Okay, so I will say this album has some of the best Black Keys songs on it. I, so that song, Ten Lovers, is phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Danny, can you give us like thirty seconds of Ten Lovers? Do it, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I mean, I'm gonna talk shit, man. This is like eighteen year old Isaac. I was I was way less cool. 
Okay. So that, like, one of them first reaction videos on YouTube. You know, yeah. Me right now. Yeah, I get it. Um. I. It sounds like a fucking Tame Impala song, bro. You think so? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I this mean, was pre Tame Impala, though. No, Tame Impala was was around there, man. I I never liked them either. But um, the uh, the 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 deal the deal is, man, is like. I in my heart just wanted them to make blues records until the end. Fair of enough. Time. That's all. That's all I wanted, man. I I loved I loved um, Brothers and I loved El Camino, but that for, for me that was just like, yeah, Thick Freakness, man. Oh my God, yeah. I, I saw them on the El Camino tour. Um, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They played in. Um, who'd you see them with? Who was the opener? Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. I'm trying to think of who my opener was. Flaming Lips. Oh shit! Yeah, Flaming Lips, man. Yeah, it was. It was. Flaming Lips are a great live band, dude. Yeah, they're great live, man. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that shit. I got to say hi to Wayne that night. It was cool. Yeah, I saw them, and it was. They were good. Um, they were really fucking good, actually. It was a phenomenal show. They have said multiple times that that was one of their favorite shows that they've ever played. Oh wow! And on the re-release of El Camino. The live album, the live part of that record, was that show that I was at in Portland, Maine. That's amazing, man. So it was really cool to go back and listen to it like 10 years later um, at the show that I was at. I was with a, a girl that I was seeing at the time. And, uh, yeah, it was it was super great. That was the night that sold me on Arctic Monkeys, too. Arctic Monkeys are a great live band. They're coming here next month. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've never I never did an Arctic Monkeys thing, man. I uh, I got I got I got no beef with them. I just I, I I went I went down different avenues. I I I went down different avenues. I I, I started getting so into funk and stuff like when I was around that age when when all this shit was coming out. I I just I I really wasn't bothered by it because after after the Black Keys drop turn blue i was like okay i'm just i'm going i'm going in my own world for a while yeah it really broke my heart but i, I kind of have a disposition about like people playing blues like certain like i think they do a really good job of like doing d doing authentic blues and like playing with authentic players rather than just like the guitar solo trading type stuff yeah that, that happens in the mainstream now like there's no part of me that ever want to go see Derek trucks or anything like that no yeah. me, me either I, I i can respect it as like a player i'm, I'm like okay the mechanical aspect yeah of it maybe but yeah, but uh, at the end of it, I think uh, I think it's just uh, I don't I don't know. I, I've seen so many different live bands, especially in Nashville now, and you go out to all these blues jams and you hear the different players, and it's like you can see on stage even if a player is having an off night if they have the juice or not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. But it, but it's also it's like the there, there's the caricature aspect we, we see a lot in nashville it's like oh wow man yeah here's the uh here's the band that's trying to sound like aerosmith like here's the band that's over here trying to sound like uh you know like the fleetwood mac how many fleetwood mac bands we got around here like it, and that's all cool like i'm, I'm no like emulation's all right but like don't sell it to me in a package that's like the, that you're trying to be original like how many like you know how many how many when you're dressed like you're in the fucking 70s i i don't get that I don't get that, man. It's like you gotta find your own funk and what's authentic to you. And I understand that it's a long journey. And I think a lot of these these bands and musicians, like they're gonna find their they're gonna find their place. But it's like, you know, uh, everyone's kind of tied to the best idea they had ten years ago, or five years ago, or two years ago, or something. And um, and it all kind of circles back to what you're saying. So like you could tell that that was a band that was really into what they were playing, and 
that that's when, when you saw the Black Keys live, and that, that's something yeah. Gabrielle and I have really been. That that's what our our bands changed sonically rapidly in in such a uh, such a short amount of time. Well, I've I've seen you guys go through many different phases over the years, and. Yeah was in a leg of that as a player yeah yeah, yeah. you know and it, it was it was uh it's it's been cool to see what the weird sisters were i haven't seen the latest inclination i haven't seen you guys the last weird sister show i was at was at the dive when i played with you guys what? yeah oh, so it's, it's been a minute oh buddy yeah you need to yeah it's 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 way different affair dude it's such a different affair there was two there's two versions of the band like in between that <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah, I know yeah. you guys are always changing. Um, yeah. Where can people find you at, Isaac? Oh, um, oh, nobody wants to find me. You can find me at uh, uh, Thursday night at the end. I'm playing with uh, with John Condit's band. Um, uh, we're opening for Lily Hyatt. Um, I don't know who the uh, other person is on the bill, um, but that's going to be a really awesome, really awesome lineup. Um, and it's got Woody, uh, who's playing drums with uh, Jack and the Johnson right now. Um, Robert Hudson on the bass. Um, we have a uh, firm relationship together as far as he he play he plays in the Weird Sisters with me. And uh, Sam from Zip Zap and Tribe of Horsemen will also be playing guitar. So it will be me, John, and Sam on guitar, triple guitar threat. And uh, I'm actually really excited about it. That's why I'm talking. That's why I'm like plugging it because I no one ever asks me to play in a band. Yeah. You uh, you haven't done sideman stuff much. No, dude. Like last time I did sideman shit. I mean, I play with Vinny sometimes. I do some yeah. of my supervillains gig here and there. I I did that, but well, this is actually we had some rehearsals with Vinny. It's like just learn the song, show up to the gig, we rehearse them backstage, and then play them. And that that's fine with me. I, I like that shit. But like going to a band practice and not being in charge and be like, no, nah, just strum chords, and like you want you show up as a player. Yeah, dude. Show up as a player is the uh, most awesome vibe. The last time like the uh, I did the gig with John was almost two years ago to the day so um i'm ex i'm stoked for that and it, the practices are actually sounding really tremendous um but as far as everything else goes the weird sisters um a band that i am a part of with gabrielle uh you can find us at the weird sisters and the next gig is going to be muddy roots which is september 2nd we're playing around 9 p.m on the little tent stage um and we're gonna have some amazing visuals from the real tom arthur and he's back in Nashville. Uh, not yet. He's coming back through uh, that that week. So yeah, we got him. We're gonna we're gonna do a uh, three camera setup. Um, we're gonna film the show. Um, we, we we're touring right now with the, our own sound guy. So um, Aiden's gonna record the whole thing. We'll have the multi tracks, and hopefully uh, we can. We released a live footage, a, a live set of uh, we did Muddy Roots last year, um, and we're just trying to do that again, but just do a, a nicer job and you know document the change that we that is taking place in a year cuz that was maybe our third or fourth gig as a dance commander band you know and now oh, yeah we've been I've been dance commander for like a year now bro and you and you ain't seen none of it I I haven't uh, I'll, it, I'll I'll see it eventually I'll make your skinny white ass dance boy. Uh, hey you know what <laughs> I always dance when I go out to the weird sisters yeah well dude thanks for coming on dude thanks for having me man of I course really appreciate it it's been a pleasure Keep on dreaming. See you next week.